Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Gold, a podcast featuring me, Chandler Becker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, the Gopher Men's Hockey Program put out their schedule for promotions this season. I, I doubt you took a look at this, but did, did you? I did not. Well, I, I think it was January 20th against Ohio State. Um, I, I wanted you to give your opinion on this and maybe like put your hat in the ring to to help the athletic department with this. It's country night. Oh. Where they're giving out, I think it was 1,500 like foam cowboy hats to students. And I would bet most of the, uh, you know, music or, or at least maybe the between periods stuff or, you know, commercial break stuff will be country music. And I'm just wondering, do you think we're going to get any Charlie Crockett in this? Do you think we're going to get I, any? I, I do not. I don't think this will be all country night. I think we might get, I don't know, you're probably going to get some 90s country, I'd bet. You're probably going to get some like, maybe like Tim McGraw, some Kenny Chesney. I don't know. And just, I'm guessing it'll lean a little more bro, you know. I feel like that's kind of the, the atmosphere. I don't think it'll be more introspective alt-country. I don't think you'll be hearing any Guy Clark. But what about Gene Clark? I don't think I, I, I can tell you almost certainly won't be hearing any Gene Clark. Like you're going to be hearing any Jason Isbell. You're not going to hear any John Moreland, James McMurtry. You're not going to hear the really sad, the good sads. You're not probably not going to hear Terry Allen, you know. I you might be hear, surprised if you heard Terry. Yeah, you might hear maybe one Willie song, maybe one Merle Haggard song. But I, I, I bet they keep it bro, you know, for the for the for the students. Probably a bit of bro, probably a good bit of, I, I, I agree, there's probably going to be some 90s country, you know, I, I I mean, it's not Texas, so like, I don't think, I don't know if you have an aunt who just really loves uh, George Strait, but I do. Yeah, I and, believe that. And, and some people my aunt's age will, will certainly be at a go for hockey game. Yeah. So. Um, I bet we'll hear Tennessee whiskey. I bet that. Is that George Strait? No, that's Chris Stapleton. That's wow. that's his big that's his big hit. That's a big feels it feels like a knockout for that sort of thing. Well, I wouldn't know. You know, as much as I've come to start to appreciate the alt country scene in the last few years, uh, much of which was through Aaron Salp, I'm not at all versed in uh in pop country so, yeah you know, despite growing up in texas that just wasn't part of my life because it wasn't part of my parents lives so if i end up there i will probably be introduced to some things and reintroduce it to some things but it doesn't really matter um that's months away what is this month is football season that is and next and last and forever until it's not and that is again amen and uh, this this last weekend we had, um, it was short of a disaster. That's fair to say, but I would have liked to to see more. Yes. Than what what we ended up seeing. Um, North Carolina thirty one, Minnesota thirteen. Defensively, you can come up with a lot of positives about how the defensive line stood up against the run. 
Um, I, I thought the linebackers could have been better. I thought that Darius Green and run support could have been better. There, there were some tackling problems here and there. Um, but, you know, UNC is just built to attack the type of defense that Minnesota likes to run. Uh, they came out and attacked some of the things that the Gophers like to do strategically, some of the things that they coach their players to do, whether that's the increased tempo on third down, you know, when, when the Gophers like to bring in basically an entire new box and then usually a different uh, nickel corner, um, you know, don't sub out your players on offense and the, the refs don't have to stop play and you can get off a quick snap and the other team won't be ready. And that happened um, a couple of times. It's only one that was about a, your, a yard short of a touchdown and then ended up being punched in on the next play. Um, on third and short, the Cargills went up-tempo a couple times and won pretty easily there. Um, whenever the rush end would drop in the coverage and usually probably didn't get as close to as a as he needed to any of the receivers they would go after that direction and then drake may just did drake may things and that included strambling pretty well against a team that isn't always very good against mobile quarterbacks so i thought overall especially in the second half when you saw some of the you know minor tactical things cleaned up it wasn't that bad a day against a really good offense but it wasn't enough to win the game, there were still a few breaks here and there that are sort of worrying when you have Michigan and Ohio State coming up on the schedule. And most glaringly of, of all is most of the offensive situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't know how much you got to watch of this game. You know, I watched the first half and it, you know, it did not look, was not great. Um, I mean, there were some moments. I thought the first drive, you know, they started in the first quarter. They, when I was watching, it was like they moved the ball well, but weren't necessarily capitalizing. It felt like there, there were some turnovers. There were some short fields that sputtered out. Um, there were some blown opportunities. Yeah, and I don't. Again, I don't have a super strong opinion on it because again, I was only able to watch a little bit of it. But yeah, no, that was my. That was that was just that was that was my impression. And they were moving the ball. To an extent, not fantastically, but again, they're moving the ball to an extent. They just weren't, you know, I mean, you score 13 points, you're just not going to win against a team like North Carolina, especially when they score 31. Yeah. Um, Ethan Callie Manis, I thought, had his worst game um, as a gopher. Uh, he said after the game that was the worst game he's ever played. Um it wasn't just like the usual things that we've seen from him that are just like, if, if you're like a tick quicker uh, or if you like you, you put one more yard of lead on this pass or anything like that. It was, it was all those things. And then also just the poise, the, the composure that you've seen from him. And it's been very impressive as mm -hmm. a young player. He just looked a bit panicky. Um, he kind of rushed throws a bit, you know, some of these, these hot throws with the guy in his face, he wasn't, getting to his receiver um, on target, that interception he threw that went off of Brevin Spanford's hand. That was a bad throw. It was a bad throw, yeah. You could say, well, Spanford could do better than that because he has had moments where he has gotten his hands on the ball and then it's gone for an interception. But this was one that was 
like seven feet in the air for a guy who's six foot seven and um you know all he, and it was a little bit behind him and all he could do was get his hand out and you know just give it a try and and you know it it, it takes a really really good try to bring that down and um so even if that interception wasn't it was slightly fluky he deserved Kelly man has probably deserved to finish the day with an interception he was 11 for 29 for 133 yards. Paul Kramer came in uh, at the end of one drive due to a uh, an injury. It seemed like it was cramps. And Kramer um, had a wide open post that was, as PJ Fleck told it after the game, it was supposed to go like to the middle of the field and, and lead Daniel Jackson over there. And instead, Kramer rainbowed it to the left hash and maybe probably just outside the left hash, which is obviously not leading your guy to the middle of the field. And um, it was a can of torn for the safety who picked it off very easily. Pass protection could have been better. Play calling could have been better. Um, I did think the line blocked the run really, really well. Um, and Darius Taylor had a very strong game once again. Yes. But the bottom you, line is... You need more out of the passing game. You need more out of the passing game. You need more specifically out of your quarterback who, you know, the, the whole premise of this year as a potential, like spread things out, open it up, be a little bit more aggressive, a little more progressive, um, throw the ball. Like that is dependent on you having the quarterback. And I think still just one bad game doesn't change and everything doesn't change everything. And two mediocre games don't have to change anything either. Um, I think with experience, there are some things that Calic Manis can clean up and still could be a really, really good quarterback by the time he's done here. The problem is he's still a redshirt sophomore and he's got two, year, two years of eligibility and has not played just a ton of football and it's just going to take time. And we're going to, I still think we'll get games like the Wisconsin game last year, which was really, really good. But it's apparent that if you throw him out there often enough, um, you know, however, uh, however much he improves in the aggregate, the lows could be really low, and that's a little frightening for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think this is a bowl team. I don't want to get you know too ahead of myself or anything, I mean, and you know, just uh, go straight to the self-loathing, especially with the next two games on the schedule being incredibly winnable. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, the bottom line is these two weeks could be pretty critical to to get Cali Manis in the passing game into a groove so that when you go up against teams that are better than you, not even getting to Michigan or to Ohio State, but to Iowa um, and teams that, you know, are probably on the same level as you, whether that's Wisconsin or maybe not Michigan State, Purdue, but that sort of tier, the the middle of the Big Ten, like, you need to be able to turn those from potential 50-50s into 60-40s or 70s-30s, you know. Um, and uh, if your quarterback is just going to come out and, and lay an egg, then it's going to be a lot harder to do that. But Absolutely. Anyway, um, we don't have to dwell too much on that game anymore because it's passed and there's not much more to say, but is there any chance you had any last thing to say? No, other than just, you know, doomsayers will say doom, but North Carolina is also a very good team. It's a very good program. 
a lot of a lot of talent there, you know, starting with that quarterback. So again, it's it's not the result we wanted. It's not the result that maybe some people expected, but uh, you know, most teams in our schedule are not at the level of North Carolina and. Specifically, most teams are scheduled. Even the good ones don't play that style. I mean, you talk about the matchup. Not only was it a bad matchup, but it's not the type of style that we see really at all in the Big Ten, save for maybe one or two teams. So, you know, make of that what you will. But I, I do want to, you know, give some credit to, you know, North Carolina, who looked really pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. That that was a, that was always going to be a tricky matchup when you're used to f- facing Illinois and Iowa style football, as opposed to you know even even Purdue. Their their game is a very different form of throwing the ball a ton than uh, from what UNC presents. Yep. Anyway, um, this coming weekend the Drophers go to Evanston. Uh, this is I guess the first time in a while I haven't gone with them. Just the last two games in Evanston in uh, 2021 and 2019, I did go to those games uh, because I've got a friend in Chicago and you can get into Ryan Field for like 10 bucks. Um, six for this game. Six. Okay. Well, so even better. Um, but this time I'm not doing it uh, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. But I still think it'll be a win for the Gophers because I have watched Northwestern this season. And woof, uh, they, they do have a win, 38-7 over UTEP. It was also tied at halftime in that game. And it should have been, in fact, UTEP in the lead. But they, um, they kind of declined to run another play and just tried a 44-yard field goal that didn't go in. Um, but they have losses by 17 directors and by 24 to Duke. Their interim head coach right now is David Braun, who is a Winona State alumnus, interestingly. Oh. But he was brought in as defensive coordinator to solve the myriad problems they have on their uh, defense. And I'll get to those in short order. But uh, with the uh, Pat Fitzgerald situation turning out this summer. Uh, they wanted to install a guy as interim head coach who maybe didn't have as much background and as much baggage yeah. as program. Maybe. Yeah, um, this was not going to necessarily be a good time to elevate Mike Bajakian or any of the more long-term assistants who would probably be a bit loyal to Pat Fitzgerald. Um, did that stop David Braun? from uh, letting his assistants and players wear uh, shirts and tribute to Pat Fitzgerald during camp? No, it didn't. Um, But, you know, it was a a good sign, as good a sign as any, that David Braun will not have this job uh, next season. But anyway, in terms of what strengths we might have with Northwestern, it's a very short list. Um, The first of which is they do have a healthy Cam Porter, mm-hmm. who is not an elite back by any stretch, but he's a big guy. He's 220 pounds. He's got some power. He plays a little tall, but he's he is tough to tackle. Um, receivers are okay. They've got 
Um, uh, Michigan transfer AJ Henning, who they like to get the ball. He's got nine carries and 11 catches on the year. Uh, Cam Johnson, who's an Arizona State transfer, has 12 catches for 141 yards this year. He's um, he's he's looked fine, and so is Bryce Kurtz, their third option, tight end. Eh, but you know the, the steel positions on offense aren't terrible. Um, another thing. Jim O'Neill is no longer the defensive coordinator, so that's a positive. And um, last year, they were really good at limiting explosive plays. So far, the stats don't suggest they still are, um, but it's early, and this they, they bring back a lot of last year's roster on defense. And so I'm inclined to think they're probably not going to give up a ton of big plays the rest of the year. But as far as weaknesses go, if I didn't just mention them, it's probably a weakness. Quarterback Ben Bryant is not really good. He holds the ball a really long time, which is how a couple of years ago at Eastern Michigan he got sacked 40 times. Oh. Last year he was at Cincinnati. So he started at Cincinnati, then went to EMU, then back to Cincinnati, and I was at Northwestern. Last year, his back to Cincinnati season, he got sacked 25 times. Uh, only averaged 7.9 yards per attempt, which isn't awful, but isn't great. This year, he's at 4.7 yards per attempt, which is awful. Um, he's not a really mobile quarterback at all. Um, he threw a really awful interception against Rutgers where he would, there was a, a broken play because of the dropped snap, and he tried to throw it to the sideline, but he really did not put enough on it, and it got picked off. It was, it was pretty embarrassing. He's not going to be a threat to you. Um, I don't think their offensive line is going to protect him at all either. They were really, really atrocious. And I, uh, like the Duke game, if you want to feel good about this game, watch North Carolina and Duke. It's on YouTube from the ACC's uh, official YouTube channel. And they're just slow. They come off the line slow. They will, it, like they're the right guard, Dom D'Antonio, um, who's a fifth year player. Like this is a, offensive line with three different seniors on it um and they they'll have they'll start a double team and then d'antonio or the center ben reather will climb to the second level usually d'antonio and they're just slow and it gives so much time for the linebackers to come up and fill the gap and make a play or for the the darts get blown off the line by your, your defensive lineman you know Playing offensive line in the Big Ten is hard. Yeah. You know, you're going up against some really fast guys, but uh, it's just, it's very, very clear. This is not a, a, a line that can move people. It's not a line that, I don't think the pass pressure was awful, but it could have been better in the games I watched, because I guess I did watch all three. Um, and with Bryant back there, especially not finding guys open, not delivering on time, this is a good opportunity for, John Joyner, Jalen Logan Redding, for Tyler Baugh. I think Tyler Baugh's going to have a fantastic game on Saturday, I would expect it. Um, you're going to feast because you can get coverage sacks if you lock down on Henning. Um, if you tackle Porter Lowe, which seems like UTEP didn't always do, then, you, I mean, you, you're just going to win in the trenches because you're better there. Like that straight up, this is an awful, awful team in the trenches, and uh, that favors the Dophers pretty considerably. Yeah. 
that theme continues to the defensive side of the ball where the defensive line is lacking a playmaker. Richie Haggerty, who transferred from Southern Illinois last year and is their defensive end, he made nine tackles for loss last year with the Salukis, um, but he hasn't really made his mark since showing up. Uh, Sean McLaughlin, their other defensive end, only has one tackle for loss this year. He had four in all of last season. Uh, not any stars up front. And their linebackers are outright bad. Um, they're going to be starting Bryce Gallagher and Xander Mueller. And there was a moment against uh, North, against Rutgers where Mueller is blitzing. And the Rutgers uh, running back comes up and just plasters him in pass protection. And that kind of sums up like the level of strength we have. Um, in the linebacker core in the defensive backfield where they just like it doesn't seem like their form is awful when they tackle um but they just get outpowered like this is a uh, an opportunity for a lot of yards after contact i i i tweeted this evening like mo ibrahim this would be the type of game where he'd be gone for 300 or something because these guys could not do anything against him um they're just they're soft they, they can't tackle. They're slow. Like, I, I, like they're, they're, they're quick enough to, to finish off a play if the defensive line keeps them clean, but they're not fast enough to play coverage. If, if, if your tight ends get their hands on those linebackers, then forget about it. That's a successful play for you. You're going to keep the, the chains moving. Their defensive backs don't seem totally awful, but they're not good tacklers either. I thought that uh, their nickelback rod heard looked like a liability and run support at times. Devin Turner was one of the guys who would lay some hits, but he's just, he's not a tackler. Um, you know, this is the side of the ball that for the last seven, eight years has been Northwestern strength and it's totally collapsed. Um, I forget the name of their long-term defensive coordinator, but he did a great job there. And once he left, it immediately fell off and it hasn't really recovered. And it will take some time to recover, especially at a program like Northwestern, where you can't attract uh, can't attract big name talent. So, um, if there's a game where the Gophers are going to get right to, you know, refine whatever they they have um, going for them offensively, this is the one. And and the, the I. I total faith in Minnesota's defense in this game. Yeah. This is one where you should roll it. Um, spread, when I last checked, was 11.5 points. FPI and Sagarin are a little low, um, 57% and 62% chance that Minnesota wins, but everyone else is 77, 84, 82% chance that Minnesota wins. It's about, depending on where you look, either about a, a touchdown or, or two touchdown margin projected um what are you thinking i i feel like it's a two three score game i don't know i i, I i'm i'm a little down on us but i'm not so down that i don't think we'll be northwestern i think 30 to 10 seems reasonable um kind of an inverse of what north carolina did to us um i don't i don't know that it'll be a you know 50 you know one of the early games we saw last year beating teams you know 60 to nothing or whatever um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think Northwestern has the juice on either side of the ball. Yeah, I, I've got this as 27 to seven. Um, 
I agree. There, there is no juice. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the whenever you remember when Maryland during kickoffs held, would hold up sign that would say, uh, warning excessive juice. Um, <laughs> this, this is not one of those times. This, this team is, is very juiceless. Yes. Um, kickoff very frustratingly is 6:30 on BTN. And yeah. we'll get to why that's frustrating in a moment. Uh, but commentators are Lisa Byington and Anthony Heron. Uh, weather forecast, very good, around 70 degrees. A bit windy, nine mile per hour winds, but not awful, partly cloudy. So should be a fairly good game in terms of the, the conditions. And it's early enough in the season where the field at Ryan Field shouldn't, you know, eat up your, your players too much. Anyway, the other Big Ten games happening, six, uh, six o'clock Friday on F. Wisconsin Purdue, 11 o'clock on BTN on Saturday, Rutgers Michigan in the afternoon slate at 2.30, FIU Illinois on BTN, Louisiana Tech Nebraska is the other BTN game, Maryland Michigan State 2.30 on NBC, and then at 6.30, Akron Indiana is on BTN, Iowa Penn State is on CBS, and then the game of the week, Ohio State Notre Dame on NBC. One of them. Um, there are a lot of games of the week. Yeah. Um, what are yours? Yeah. So let me pull the schedule back up. So going kind of by time slot in um, in that uh, early time slot, I do like Florida State at Clemson. I know Clemson is not good <laughs> or not as good as they have been, um, but you know, there's there's more talented unranked teams, certainly. And, you know, Florida State, I think, is obviously would, would be expected to win there. But I still think that's a pretty good undercard matchup. You know, I mean, Clemson plays. I mean, Clemson doesn't lay an egg in week one. We might be talking about this as one of the another one of the many, you know, ranked games of a, of the week. That said, Florida State does look very, very good. Well, they haven't been invincible. They certainly haven't been invincible. Now I think about it. Don't love Kentucky Vandy, Colorado, Oregon without Hunter. I don't think I don't I just don't I just don't think they're a complete enough team. They're too inconsistent and hang with Oregon. But UCLA, Utah, Ole Miss, Alabama, Alabama looking very, very, uh, very, very vulnerable right now. Um, I haven't watched much Ole Miss, but I know Ole Miss has uh, as a Jackson Dart. And I know Alabama does not have that. <laughs> um I know Alabama's got problems on offense, so with that in mind, I think that could be a pretty um, sneaky competitive, not even sneaky competitive, just a competitive, just a uh, competitive game. You know, two teams ranked, you know, between, you know, 10 and 20. So that's, you know, you got to like that. As far as later games go, uh, I don't know much about BYU-Kansas, but theoretically, um, both teams are undefeated. Um, again, I haven't watched them, but uh, that seems like it could be seems like it could be a fun game. Again, two kind of high scoring offenses. You know, UTSA versus Tennessee, I want to say, is going to be a game. It turns out Joe Milton is not great, by the way. <laughs> I saw I saw I saw a tweet or something that was like Joe Milton, not an NFL quarterback. I'm like, well, we knew that, you know, you could have just asked us. Oklahoma State, Iowa State. I know Iowa State is uh, struggling so far this year, uh, two losses and a narrow win against an F FCS team. But 
those are named programs. Those are good programs. Um, that should be. I, 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 I will differ with the idea that they're good programs right now. Well, Did but you see what still, happened with Oklahoma State? Uh, not not recently. No, what happened? Uh, uh, I did they, not see last. I did not see last week's result. Let me amend that. Yeah, that is not great. Wow. Yeah, was it thirty-three-seven uh, South Alabama? Yeah, so maybe roll roll sigh. And then more big games. Specifically, I like uh, Oregon State at Washington State. Kind of a. I know Washington State beat Wisconsin, but I still feel like this is like the first true test for both these teams. Obviously, Oregon State was pretty pedigreed coming into the season, or they were pretty hyped uh, based on their finish from last year. But, you know, uh, with all that in mind, uh, this should be a really good test. They're probably favored, I'd say, but, you know, Wazoo, you know, sometimes they chuck it. Um, that could be that could be pretty fun. And then those Big Ten games that you mentioned as well. And then, I don't know. I don't know that I like USC at ASU. I don't know that I like how Washington, especially after what Washington did to Michigan State last week. Yeah, I don't think there's um, – I, I, I do think it is a bit top-heavy. Um, it's not like a wall-to-wall great games week, but, like, there's a reason this week is being hyped up. It's because the top end is so, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't have the Dofers on at the same time, I would be really struggling to balance Ohio State, Notre Dame, Iowa, Penn State, and Oregon State, Wazoo. Those are all games that are incredibly interesting to me. And the only reason I wouldn't also be trying to balance those with App State, Wyoming, is I don't have CBS Sports Network. Yeah, oh, that is a good one, yeah. That should be a really good game. Memphis, Missouri has some, has some intrigue on ESPNU in the evening. UCF, K-State maybe. Yeah. Montana State, Weber State, you know, I, I I guess I'm talking myself into this being deeper, even if it's, you know, loaded in the evening, because, like, I don't look at the rest of the day and see a lot of super interesting games. I'm I'm always into the Iron Skillet game, SMU, TCU. Um, you know, I'll be watching Tech at West Virginia, um, but I would hope that Tech wins okay you know that does it puts themselves pretty well and comfortably but you never know um but that that evening slot is just loaded and i'm very angry <laughs> that my team has to be counter programming to to those really really good games but um you know if i was in charge i promise this would be the week we get a nice 11 o'clock kickoff and can you know eat some lunch Hang out with the bros, and uh, you know, do do all do that all on the lead up to a, a great great evening slot. Or if you're in my case, hang out with the bros at a bluegrass festival in the rain. <laughs> Where where's your bluegrass festival? Ironically, Winona. Ironically, Winona. Is this supposed to rain then? Uh, it is on Saturday a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm not sure when, but there is projection for some rain in the forecast. I don't think it's supposed to be real bad, but we'll see. Well, I mean, that can alter the mood sometimes, is there, or you know, amplify the mood, or it can make it worse. I don't know. It can do a lot of things. It really depends. Depends on the mood. <laughs> well, um, I wish you all the the fun in that, and I. Um, I'll be busy watching more football because that's what I do. Yeah. Um, 
next week is homecoming and we'll talk about the Louisiana Lafayette Ragin' Cajuns um, who were they this weekend I thought I had that down somewhere um, maybe not anyway um, if they're oh, active well. Buffalo at Louisiana okay um, so keep an eye on on that if you want but uh, anyway hopefully we're going to be talking about a very breezy Saturday where very little went wrong and we feel a lot better about where things are going not erasing more recent memories but sort of understanding that you know it is ups and downs not only downs yeah but obviously the team needs to follow through on that until then until we next talk everyone have a, a great weekend and uh you know and en- en- enjoy the football enjoy the good weather absolutely see ya